My name is Elliot. I'm the Connection Pastor here, and today we're going to start a two-week message. We're going to look at the topic, topic of success. We're going to kind of wrap up 2018 and then begin uh, 2019 next Sunday, and we're going to look at the perspectives and habits and the different decisions that you and I can make in the coming year that will really help determine if um, 2019 is a successful year or not. So today we're going to look at um, success. What is it? We're going to kind of come up with a definition, and the next week's message is going to be the seeds of success, kind of the ongoing lifestyle decisions that we can uh, make to really uh, bring God's blessing onto our lives. Now, when I was uh, growing up, going to school, kind of elementary school and then junior high, my mom had a rule um, for me. She wanted to make sure that I was always involved in a sport, some kind of like physical activity, and then she always wanted me to be involved in one of the arts in some way. And so the, the athletic side, that, was, that, that came fairly natural to me. I really enjoyed that. So I was usually involved in more than one sport at a time. But when it came to the arts, that was a little bit of a different story. I struggled with those a little more. And so I remember my mom, you know, she was like, no, Elliot, you've got to do it. You've got to be involved in this. So she started and she put me in piano because, you know, that's kind of the first thing. It helps you learn music theory and all that. So she puts me in a piano lessons and... I was in there for I don't know how long, but at some point, the um, teacher went to my mom and said, could you stop signing Elliot up for a piano? <laughs> and um, I think back on that, and what's really amazing about that is not how bad I was and how little effort I put in, but she turned down money. I mean, my mom was willing to pay good money, but the lady was like, no, it's not worth it to put up with this kid, so keep your money and keep the kid. So then my mom was like, okay, you know, let's try something else. He's got to be involved in one of the arts. So she um, signed me up for jazz band. And that was an experience as well because I showed up there and they gave me a saxophone, which if you know anything, that's one of the louder instruments. And so I was like, oh, okay. And I'm starting to figure out how to get sound out of the thing. And I knew I was terrible, but, you know, I could really honk that saxophone really well. And so one day I remember, <laughs> it's such a vivid memory, um, I remember sitting there in jazz band, you know, rehearsal or whatever, and I had no idea what I was doing. So everybody else is playing the song, and I'm just like squeaking and honking in the back, and the teacher goes, okay, everybody stop. Elliot, will you just sit this one out, and then we'll come back to you. And same result as piano. She went up to my mom, and she said, I just don't think the jazz band is the thing for him, so we need to find something else. So then my mom signed me up for a drawing class, you know, kind of like a how to, how to sketch with pencils in art class. And that class I actually got a little more excited about. I was like, oh, okay, this could be cool. And I remember going, and you know, you get that kind of that sketching 101 book, kind of the introduction, and it's got those realistic life-like um, drawings that people have done, and you see those pictures and those faces, and you think, oh, man, it would be so cool to do something like that. But then you see that, oh, there's step-by-step -step instructions to get there. You don't just, you know, sit down and start drawing realistic faces. It takes time, and you start with measurements on the page, and then lines, and then circles, and you build it out from there. But there are these step-by-step -step instructions that are required if you're going to get to this final project, this final product. So it's actually kind of similar when it comes to how we view success and how we think about success. See, we all have this image in our mind of what success is. We kind of have this painting of, okay, this would be a successful life. This would be a life where I would be I would be happy and content and I could be proud of what I've done when this picture you know, comes to life in my life. We've all got that painting. And for us, you know, for us, that looks a lot of different ways. I mean, for some of you, maybe thinking of 2019, you've got goals that you want to accomplish this next year. And so if you accomplish those goals, well, then that will make 2019 a successful year. 
For some of you, there's maybe different things on the list. Maybe, you know, maybe when you get married, oh, then, then you'll be successful. Or maybe you know, when you get the dream job or kind of reach the peak of your industry, or maybe it's retirement. I mean, we all have these different things on that picture. My wife and I, right now, we have three small kids at home. So honestly, for, for us, success a lot of the times just looks like survival. I mean, it's, we're just like, hey, we, we got the kids out of the door, they're dressed, they have enough food, like, we're good to go. Like, we've survived another day, nobody's gone crazy. But we all have that, that picture of success out in front of us, and that actually pulls us forward in life. We are going to make progress, and we're going to move towards whatever that picture is. But not only do we have that picture, we also, similar to learning how to draw, we've assembled throughout our life these step-by-step instructions on how to get that picture. These things where, okay, you've got to do this first, and then you do this, and then you do this over here, and as you do these things, then that starts to construct this image that we have. And those instructions that we've picked up throughout our life, we didn't come up with those on our own. We've assembled those through our experiences and through the people that have influenced us. So some of those instructions we got from our family. We watched our parents and we watched our siblings and the people in our family, how they lived life and what they lived for and the decisions they made and what they decided to do and not to do. And we've kind of picked up some instructions from them. The movies that we watch, that's a big influencer on the different instruction steps that we take. I mean, if you think about it, movies, they almost always end with a happy ending. We all want that. We want a happy ending. And so throughout the course of the movie, it's, you know, there's different steps that the characters have taken to get there. And so that influences us. The friends that we have, I mean, the friends that we have influences the steps that we decide to take. Obviously, you're here at church on a Sunday, so, so part of these messages is going to influence the, the instruction steps you assemble as you read your Bible. There's, there's all different influencers and contributors to this instruction list we're assembling through life that we think will get to this picture that we have in our mind. Now, when we do this, there's really two challenges that we face. The first challenge is, how do we know that that picture really will result in a life of contentment and joy and happiness, that life that we really want? How do we know that if we really get the picture, if it becomes a reality for you and me, how do you know that if you get that, that you'll be, hmm, this is, this is perfect. I look back with I, no regrets. I did exactly what I was supposed to do. I've arrived. I'm going to be happy, and my life is going to be full of joy from this point on out. I mean, how do we know that if we get the picture, that's going to be our experience? I've got a quick video clip to show you. This is um, Tom Brady. He's arguably one of the greatest football players of all time, and he actually encountered this. So I, w- I want you to watch this clip real quick and listen to what he has to say. Tom Brady, the quarterback of the New England Patriots, is not only one of the NFL's best players, he's one of the NFL's great stories. At the tender age of 30, he has already won three Super Bowls, an accomplishment that ranks him with some of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game. And he's having one of the greatest seasons in pro football history. When we first reported on him back in 2005, he seemed underrated and almost overlooked. He doesn't have the arm of Peyton Manning, and he doesn't have tattoos, and he doesn't take steroids, and he's never held out for more money. All he knows how to do is win. (laughs) It's what you always wanted. You're right. You're right. It has. And I didn't think it came with all the other baggage, though. In addition to his success on the field and his sex appeal off it, there is also the $60 million 10-year contract to play with the Patriots. I mean, I'm making more money now than I ever thought I could ever make playing football. (laughs) 
But with all that money, fame, and career accomplishments, we were surprised to hear this from him. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. And that's a pretty, pretty amazing omission that he says there. I mean, here's a guy who, we, you know, our list might look a little different, but he's got a lot of the things that most people would put on their list. I mean, he's, he's married, he's incredibly successful, he's got the accomplishments, he's got the celebrity, he's got all the money to provide all the toys that he would ever want. I mean, you know, from the outside, most people would say, oh, that's the definition of success. But what is he saying? He's saying, there's got to be more than this. I mean, do you, you know what buyer's remorse is? You know, you, you do the work, you, you save the money, you go to the store, you get the box, the product, you bring it home, you open the box, you pull it out, and then you're like, wait, what? This is it? Well, that can actually happen with our lives. We've got that picture, and it's actually pretty common for people to, to spend their life marching towards that picture, and they get it. And then when they get it, they go, wait, what? This isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I thought it would be like. So that's really the first challenge is, how do we know that that picture really will be what we want? How do we know that that will be the, the life of satisfaction and happiness that we're chasing? The, the second kind of issue that we face is, let's just imagine, let's imagine for a moment that that picture you have, let's say if you really get it, you will look back and say, oh, I spent my life chasing the best thing I could have chased, and I'm so satisfied, I'm so happy. This is success. The rest of my life, I'm going to be content. Let's say that your picture really would give that to you. Well, the second problem is, how do you know those step-by-step instructions that you've assembled through your life, how do you know that those will get you there? How do you know that if you do this, and then you do this, and then you do this, and and you, you follow these instructions, how do you know that that roadmap is going to end up taking you where you actually want to go? Now, thankfully for us, God is not silent on the topic of success. The Bible is full of God commenting on this and teaching us what it is. And unsurprisingly, what God has to say about success is very different than what you and I often think success is. See, according to God, success is about direction, not destination. Success in life is about the direction of your life, not the different destinations that you arrive at. You know, we often define success as arriving at a destination. You graduate college, oh, I've arrived, success. You get married, oh, I've arrived, success. You, you land the dream job, you start to climb the corporate ladder, you, you retire, oh, I've arrived, success. But the challenge is, is we, we come to these points and we think, oh, this is success, getting this done is success. But all of us know that you know, when you get to that point, the question is, well, okay, well, now what? Because the clock keeps ticking, time keeps rolling. So you graduate college, you've been spending all this time working towards that, and then you graduate, and then it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do now? You know, and those of us that are married, you know that, hey, once you get married, it's not just smooth sailing from then on out. You you get married, and it's like, instead of it just being like, I've arrived, it's, oh, wow, now there's a lot of work, and there's stuff that needs to be done. See, it turns out God has a very different view. He's not, he's not looking at the destination, saying, oh, see all these destinations they've arrived at. He's paying attention to, okay, what, what direction are they headed in? What's their focus? What are they aimed at? What's their direction? 
One of the places the Bible makes this insight is in 2 Chronicles 26. 2 Chronicles 26 is about a king named Uzziah. He became king at age 16. He ruled for over 50 years. He was a really good king. This is what's said about him. It says, he, Uzziah, he sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. As long as he sought the Lord, as long as Uzziah sought the Lord, God gave him success. Now, notice that it doesn't list out his accomplishments. It doesn't say he balanced the budget, he, he enacted these laws, he won these military battles, he built these amazing cathedrals. It doesn't list any of his accomplishments, any of those destinations that we would look at as markers of, oh, that's evidence of success. What it says is, as long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. That's really fascinating. It's actually pointing to his responsibility. What he was responsible for is setting the focus of his life on seeking God. That was his part. I mean, whenever you seek something, you pay attention to it. Your focus is fixed on it. You're aiming at it. When it moves, you move. I mean, it, it really sets the direction of your life. You're following whatever you're seeking after. So what God says is, as long as Uzziah, as long as he sought me, as long as he followed me, as long as he chased after me, I put the stamp of success on his life. It actually works the same way for me and you. God's not looking at our life saying, oh, what are the different destinations they've arrived at? He's saying, what's the, what's the direction? Are they seeking me? Are they taking my ways seriously? What's the direction of their life? And the reason that God says success is about direction and not a destination is really because of who you and I are. I mean, this is really important. This is something that we often forget. See, you and I, we're eternal beings. We are, we're made in God's image. We have eternal souls. We're very different than the rest of creation. That means our lives, we have a short span and then we have a long span. The short span is it's here and now. It's our life in time and space. It's temporal. Our, our life here is marked by the day that we're born and then the day that we die. That's the short span. But then there's the long span, the eternal. It has no end. The eternal is either going to be spent with God or separated from God. So what God says is, okay, in the short span, I mean, it, it is short compared to eternity. This, you know, 60, 70, 80 years, you know, are the projections versus forever. So what God says is here and now, here and now is about preparing for then, for what's to come. That's what here and now is about. The reality is, is God has designed this time to prepare us for eternity. So the goals that we come up with here and now in this life, instead of saying, okay, if, I, if this happens to me, I'll be successful. Or if I accomplish this, or if I arrive at this goal, I'll be successful. Instead of doing that, what God says is, no, 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 no. You need, you need a bigger perspective. You need to look at the big picture. It's not all about here and now. You, you need to have the big picture in view, and you need to be asking yourself the question, okay, what can I do now that will really matter in the long run, that will count and be of value and significance for eternity? Because, again, God created us to be eternal beings. We're, we're not just to live for here and now. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians that speaks to this, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 12 and 13. It says this, it says, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then 
I should know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Notice the words now and then. Now is referring to the temporal, our, our life in the short span. Then is referring to the eternal, our life in the long span. It's saying that now we see only reflection as in a mirror. What, what that's saying is, you know, our, our modern mirrors, they're pretty clear. We see a pretty good reflection. The mirrors this is talking about 2,000 years ago, they had a polished piece of metal. So you got this kind of this warped, distorted image that wasn't very accurate. So it's saying, hey, now, now we don't have a full picture. Now we don't see that clearly. He says, now I know in part. What he's saying is, hey, hey now we only have partial knowledge. Then, in heaven, when we see God face to face, then we'll see the full picture. Then we'll understand. Then, in heaven, then we'll know fully, even as we're fully known. The idea is, then, then we'll kind of understand everything. It'll all start to make sense to us. So, while we live here and now, when we can only see an incomplete picture and we only have partial knowledge, don't use that incomplete picture and that partial knowledge to come to a conclusion of, this destination is success. Because there will come a day when we understand fully and we see clearly, but that's just not today. That's not right now. That will happen. So for now, instead of focusing on these destinations and, oh, when I get this, I'll be happy, or, oh, when I get that, I'll be successful, God says, instead of that, there's actually three things you're to focus on now. He says, and now, your life on this earth, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. You know, faith is, faith is how you move forward. If you're going to set your direction on seeking God, Faith is the steps that you take. I, I think the most helpful definition of faith is faith is to trust and obey. You trust God, and so you take action and steps of obedience. Faith equals trust and obey. I mean, as a Christian, we talk about faith all the time. This really helps us understand it. Faith is the first step of a Christian is, I'm going to trust what the Bible says about me. The Bible says that I'm in a, I'm in a pretty terrible situation because of sin. And there's only one who can save me, and that's Jesus and I need him to save me. I'm going to trust that. And so I'm going to obey, and I'm going to surrender my life to him. That's faith. That's the first step of a Christian. But then that's not a one-time step. Over and over and over and over again, we're taking steps of faith. Over and over and over again, God's going to say, okay, in his word, in the Bible, he's going to say, okay, this is what I want you to do. Okay, you know what? I'm going to trust that what God says is best. So I'm going to obey. That's how, as you seek God, it's steps of faith again and again and again. That's the direction that you're headed in. Then he says hope. Why is hope so important? Well, hope and faith actually go hand in hand. Hope is, we attach our hope to things in the future, and we put our expectations in those things, and they're what get us excited, or they're what we desire. They think that that's where fulfillment's really going to be found. So the reason that this is so important, and the reason we're supposed to focus on this now, is as you're taking steps of faith, your hope really needs to be anchored in God because that's going to pull you forward and keep you focused on him. But what we'll so often do, myself included, is we'll, because we live here and now in the short span, we'll attach our hope to things in the short span. We'll think, you know, oh, well, you know, when, when my income is this amount, well, then, then I'll be happy. So we put our hope in that. And then it's like we're following God and in faith, God says, okay, in his Bible, the word, he says, okay, I want you to turn to the left. So we're standing there, we're going, okay, he wants me to turn to the left, so I need to trust and obey him, but what I really want is over here to the right. I've attached my hope in something here and now. And it's really hard to follow God when our hope is attached to things in this life. 
So that's why for you and me, one of the focuses for now, for here, is, okay, I need to, I need to figure out how to anchor my hope in God, trusting that what he has for me is far better than anything here and now. Because if I don't do that, it's going to be really hard to move forward in faith and to continue this direction of following him. And then the third thing he says is he says, focus on love. It's one of the things that's a major priority, something we're supposed to focus on. Love is, this is actually speaking to the type of person you and I are becoming as we take steps of faith and we anchor our hope in him. We're becoming people that love. I mean, the, the one we're following, God, one of his major character qualities, kind of core to who he is, is love. That's why the Bible says God is love. I mean, this is a major characteristic about him. So as we follow him and we seek him and we pursue him, we actually start to be like him, do what he would do. We, instead of being people that are selfish and we're just in it for ourselves and we're just doing what's best for us, suddenly we're shifting to, okay, we're putting the goals and interests of others above our goals and interests. And we're inconveniencing ourselves. We're going out of our way to benefit other people. We're growing in love. We're actually living out the same kind of life that God, the one that we're following, modeled for us. So he says, okay, here and now, you don't see perfectly clearly. You don't have all the information. So instead of saying, this destination, this would be success, he says, you know what? You don't have all the facts, so just trust me. Set your direction on seeking me, and then again and again, take the steps of faith, anchor your hope in me, and learn how to love in the different situations and spheres that you find yourself in. He says, hey, it's not about a destination. It's about the direction. What direction are you headed in? Faith, hope, and love are, are essential. They're crucial to keeping our direction focused on seeking God. Again, you and I were created for something far greater than our life here and now. This is just the short span. So don't come up with your definition of success just based on the short span. Next thing that God says is success is about progress, not a point in time. Success is about progress, not a point in time. And we often, we look at life similar to how you look at a photo album, kind of snapshots, you know, moments in time. But God says it's actually about progress. It's not about a point in time. You know, here, here are some of the snapshots in, in my life that are really significant. Here's a picture of Allie and I on our wedding day just a few years ago. Actually, we just celebrated our five-year this last week. I mean, this, this is a big deal in my story, in my life story, this day. Such a big deal that once a year, we celebrate it. I mean, that's our anniversary. We celebrate this once a year. This is a big deal. Another, another picture from my life that's actually a high point from this last year is when um, Olivia, our oldest daughter, met her uh, baby sister, Ivy, right after Ivy was born. This, again, this was a very happy moment for our family for a lot of different reasons, but this was a high point. Now, there's a lot of other pictures that I could show you. I'm not going to, but pictures of low points and hard times. But we often, we look at our lives like you look at a photo album, just these kind of these momentary points in time, these snapshots. And what we'll do is we'll look at these photo albums, and if there are more high points than low points, if there are more positive than negative pictures, then we come to the conclusion that, oh, we must be doing pretty good. I must be successful. We kind of start to measure and judge our life based on the different photos that we look at. But the problem is with a photo, is a photo really only tells the story the, the second the, the button on the camera was clicked. You can't draw a conclusion on a life based on photos. 
So God, when he views a life, he views it much more like you would view a movie. The camera's always rolling. It's a series of continuous ongoing events. It's not just one, one second in time and what was the status of their life at that second, but he's, it's continuously going. And so because the camera's always rolling, God's saying, okay, yeah, that was good, but, but what are you going to do now? Or, well, yeah, that was a low point, but, but what are you going to do now? Are you going to keep making progress? Are you going to keep pushing forward? And one of the words that the Bible uses to describe success, it's a Hebrew word, and it actually means to push forward or to advance. So a lot of times when the Bible talks about success, it talks about they kept making progress. They kept pushing forward. They kept advancing. So for you and me, that's actually the question that again and again God's asking is, okay, well, but what are they going to do now? Are they going to make progress? Are they going to push forward? Again, there's a verse that talks about this, Philippians chapter 3. Paul is writing, and this is what he writes. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What Paul's talking about is he's talking about, hey, the direction of my life is seeking God. But he's saying, hey, I haven't arrived yet. So I'm still pushing. I'm still moving forward. I'm still advancing, making progress. And every, every moment that I, that I turn and look and focus on the past, he's saying, hey, that's slowing me down from moving forward. You know, so for some of you this morning, the photo album of your life, it might be full of snapshots that you're really proud of. I mean, accomplishments and things that you look back on and you say, man, that was awesome. And other people might even look at those things and say, wow, that is so impressive. That is so cool that you, you did that or you accomplished that or you achieved that. There might be a lot of really good pictures in there. But honestly, what's important right now is not what did you do then, but what are you going to do now? Are you going to keep making progress? And there are some of you here, and your photo album from the past, it's full of pictures that you want to get rid of, pictures that you're ashamed of and you want to erase and you wish that that stuff never happened. But again, that's really not that important right now. What's important right now is, well, now are you going to make progress? Again, God's looking at our life, and the camera's always rolling, and he's asking the question, what are they going to do now? Are they going to keep their direction on me? Are they going to keep seeking me? Are they going to continue to take steps of faith? Are they going to continue to work to attach their hope to me? Are they going to continue to work to grow their love? What are they going to do now? That's the question that he keeps asking. Success is about progress, not a point in time. Another thing that God says about success is success is custom, not common. It's custom, not common. It's not, it's not uniform, but it's actually unique to each person. You know, often what we'll do is we'll think that success is common. We'll think that it should have the same look and feel for all of us. We'll think that what's successful for one person should be successful for another person. So we look around at the lives of other people and we kind of we create these agreed upon measurements so that we can determine if we're successful with our life. And what do you think the most commonly agreed upon measurement of is of a person is successful? What do you think it is? It's money. Money's the number one. I mean, it's like if somebody has a lot of money, how are they often described? Oh, they're really successful. They've got a lot of money. 
I mean, think about it. If your, if your income is increasing and your bank account is growing, do you feel like a failure? Probably not in this culture. But it turns out that what, what God has to say is, he says it's custom. It's not common. There's not some universal standard that you can look at and measure yourself by to determine if you're successful. So what he says is, what's successful for one person over here, it actually might be very different from what success is from somebody over here. There's a story in the Bible that really makes this point. It's a conversation that Jesus has with with Peter. Peter was one of the 12 disciples, one of Jesus' 12 closest followers. And Peter Peter's famous in the Bible for being the guy who he publicly denied that he was a follower three times the night before Jesus went to the cross and died. Three times he says, oh, no, I don't follow that guy. What made that even more painful for Peter is not only did Jesus predict that it was going to happen, but then Jesus actually saw it happen, and Peter and Jesus make eye contact the third time. I mean, he's just full of shame, full of regret. He walks away. He's just like, "Would, would Jesus ever accept me again? So then after Jesus dies and Jesus rises from the grave conquering death, they sit down and they have this conversation. And they, they actually clear it up. They, they resolve it. But then Jesus says something to him that's very, very interesting. He says this in John chapter 21. He says, Jesus is speaking to Peter. He says, very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you are old, you'll stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. That's interesting. He's saying to Peter, hey, Peter, you're going to die a really terrible death. Actually, a death pretty similar to the death that I just died, the death that you just witnessed me die. But hey, this is a, this is a death that's going to bring God a lot of glory. This, this is the path that I have for you. And what's most important for you is, are you going to follow me down this path? Now, let's just be honest, that's not what any of us want to hear Jesus say. You don't want to hear Jesus say, hey, I've got a plan for your life, and it's a plan that's going to result in you being led where you do not want to go. I mean, that's what it says. It says Peter's not going to want to walk this path. Nobody wants to hear that. What we want to hear is Jesus say, hey, you know what? From here on out, it's going to be smooth sailing. If you put energy into it and you apply your effort to it, it's just going to work out great. It's going to be a tremendous success, whatever you do. You know what? You're going to be happy. There's going to be peace in your relationships. Everything you do is going to produce joy for you and other people. That's what the rest of your life is going to be like. I mean, that's what we want to hear. We don't want Jesus to say, hey, you know what? You're going to be led somewhere that you don't want to go. It's going to be really, really hard. So Peter does what most of us would do, and he starts looking around at other people and trying to figure out what their path's going to be. So it says this, very next verse. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following. This is John, the guy who's writing the story. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? I mean, he does pretty much exactly what we would do. Okay, so I'm going to die this terrible death, but please just tell me that his is going to be a lot worse, right? Like, his path is going to be 10 times harder than my path. I mean, just, just give me that comfort, okay? Like, tell me it's going to be worse. Well, what does Jesus do? This is amazing. Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. I mean, that's fascinating. Jesus has just laid out two paths. For one, for Peter, he says, hey, Peter, this is going to be a hard, painful path. And then he says, and Peter goes, okay, well, what about John? And Jesus goes, you know what, hypothetically, let's just say 
John never dies. Let's say his path is super easy and smooth sailing, and he stays alive, a comfortable, easy life, all the way up until my return. Let's say that's what I decide to do. Peter, it doesn't matter. It's not relevant to you, Peter. His path is his path. Your path is your path. It's not the same path. It's a custom path. Your issue, Peter, is are you going to follow me or not? Are you going to be faithful to walk this path that I gave you? Are you going to continue to set the direction of seeking me? Are you going to continue to make progress? Don't compare, Peter. Peter, focus on me. Follow me. You're not following them. Their path is not your path. It's actually the same thing that he says to us, which is really hard. It is, because what do we do? We look at the people around us and we say, but, but what about them? We have these kind of like culturally agreed upon measures of success, and maybe we're not experiencing them, but the person next to us is, and so we say, but God, what about them? And what Jesus said to Peter is the same thing that he says to all of us. Hey, their life is not your life. Their path is not your path. Your job is to follow me. So are you going to be faithful to follow? That's what Jesus says, same thing that he said to Peter. So, so, so don't compare. Don't, don't waste your time doing that. Don't get sidetracked by that. You've set your direction on seeking God. You're continuing to make progress. And then you've got to realize, hey, my path might look very different from someone else's path. The question is not, hey, are our paths the same? The question is, am I going to be faithful to follow Jesus on the path that he has for me? That's really hard. But according to God, success is it's custom. It's unique. It's, it's not common. The path he has for you is not the path that he has for somebody else. So in, in 2019, as we look ahead to this new year, what will determine if this year is successful for you or not? I really hope it is successful. I mean, I really do. I hope that this year is one of those years you look back on and you just say, man, that year, there were, there were so many great things that happened that year. That, that year was a success. I really hope that you can say that. But we've got to remember that what God says about success is very different than what we say about success. See, according to him, it's about direction, not destination. He's not focused on those arrivals. Because again, we are eternal beings. So don't come up with some destination here, but set your direction on seeking him. Take those steps of faith, attach your hope to him, grow in your love. And he says that success is about progress, not a point in time. So, so don't focus on the past, don't live in the past, but continue to ask the question, okay, what can I do now? How can I make progress? Is there an area where he's really challenging you to take a step in faith? Something that his word, the Bible, has been clear on, and now you need to take a step of obedience? Is that what it is? I mean, what is it? Continue to make progress, continue to move. Is there, is there a relationship where you need to work on love? He says, hey, it's about progress, so keep advancing. And then remember that According to God, success is custom. It's not common. The path Jesus has for you is not the path that he has for somebody else. And the most important thing is, are you going to follow him on the path? Are you going to be faithful to continue to seek after him and continue to grow in the things that he says is most important, continuing to make progress? Or are you just going to let comparison and what others have keep you from moving? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the fact that you are so direct on a topic like this in your word. 
And you don't leave it to us to just kind of figure out on our own, but you make it clear to us that life is about so much more than here and now. And God, that is so hard to actually apply and live out. So would you help us do that? Would you help us to remember to not just live for here and now, but to spend our time preparing for what really matters for the long span? God, would you help us in that? God, I pray that at those points where we're discouraged and we're beat up and we just see no way forward, would you help us continue to make progress? Would you challenge us and strengthen us and encourage us? And then, God, that those points in the path where it is just so hard and we don't want to move forward anymore, would you remind us that the biggest issue is, okay, am I going to be continue? Am I going to continue to follow you? Would you help us in that as well? We thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.